You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. What's up, guys? Holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Alright, well, welcome to the show. Liz Velasco. She's uh, from out there. She's doing zines. She's doing artwork. And she's doing some investigations into uh, the first uh, female horror show hosts. We're going to talk about Vampira, which is awesome. Elvira. And uh, a little bit of the history of a uh, horror show tacos. <laughs> That's right. We're going to cover it all as much as we can in about an hour. And then my mom, Grandma Gutterpunk, yours truly, is going to get on here and she'll talk about her favorite subjects off of. Uh, Spangooly. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get this fucker rolling, huh? What the fuck? We'll be right the fuck back. fucking return motherfucker what's up guys i got a special fucking show today my mom's gonna kick my ass because i forgot to fucking tell her about it but i hope you enjoy it mom i'll have you on at the end of the show too because you guys all love her grandma gutter punk uh she's out there in new orleans and she's pretty happy i know she would be happy about the guest i have today who do i have on the line today uh, Liz Velasco. Oh, Liz Velasco. And then you're hailing from the uh, West Coast, is that correct? Yep. Uh, beautiful Humboldt County, California. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I've done some, uh, some uh, plant work out there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> I guess those are the humble beginnings of that town, huh? Yep, yep. But now... Humble, r- humble beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, and if we've ever spent any significant time in Humboldt County, you know, it's uh, not necessarily for the faint of heart. <laughs> you know, you really have to be, know your P's and Q's around there. It's true. Um, so, okay, without uh, hesitating, tell us what, uh, what the fuck you're doing on the show and why the fuck I should give you this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 let everybody know okay no uh what are you doing out there what are you doing yeah well um you know i've been making comics and zines and stuff for a long time i think i self-published my first zine in like 2008 when i was in college um and so i've just been plugging away ever since um, I used to live in Ohio, uh, and I moved out here in like 2015. Okay. Um, and Ohio was a great place. Uh, I had a really nice comics community. Um, so when I moved out here, it was kind of like I needed to find my, you know, my own uh, next group to be in, and it's taken a while. But there is a small group of uh, comic makers and cartoonists out here, so it's it's cool. That's cool. You were but, able to track. How did you track them down? Um, the ways you think you would like just going into the comic book shop or cafe or honestly, not even that. Um, I, there was, uh, like a, like a weekly paper that comes out around here called the journal. And there's this one cartoonist who does most of like the political cartoons. I ended up just emailing him being like, Hey, I just moved here. Like your cartoons are really cool. Uh, you know, is there any kind of community to speak of? Like, you know, do you guys do like meetups or anything? And he basically just directed me to um, his Facebook page that he made. Uh, it's like Humboldt County um, Cartoonists and Illustrators. Um, and it's nice. Like there's, you know, a lot of people show their work on stuff and stuff on there. I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really familiar with it, but I uh, am glad to hear about it right now, actually. Uh, and it just lets me know that the communities in better, uh, being established as time goes by is more prominent, you know, and I think that it's definitely an underground circuit, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I've lived out here since 2015 and I'm like just now like regularly meeting up with more comic creators. <laughs> now you say you're from Ohio. So am I. Oh, really? Yep. And I actually have been making a few friends that are, living around that area that are from Ohio, ironically, you just happen to be number three or whatever. <laughs> I was like, wow, right. yeah, in like a week. Uh, but I uh, um, I was like, okay, so where are you from? You Northeast uh, Ohio person? Uh, well, I spent a lot of like my high school years and later in Columbus, um, and I went to college up in Cleveland. Okay, so you were up in the Northeast corner near Akron where I'm from. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of comic book and pop culture nerdery that is just concentrated in that little part of Ohio. Oh yeah. That really doesn't exemplify anywhere else around the country I've noticed, you know? Yeah. I mean a lot of people say like talk about Chicago as being a really big comic hub. I mean a lot of the bigger artists live there like Chris Ware and Ivan Brunetti. Um you had a Ferris. Dan Klaus was uh, from out like there. Quimby's bookstore is there. Um, was there? But yeah, what? No, isn't? Didn't they move to New York? No, they're still there. I thought Quimby's moved to New York. I thought he's like out there in the uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I can't speak as to whether if they had like a new location, but I'm fairly positive they still have the Chicago. They still have the Chicago one, so it's more like the off. It's just a spinoff of that one. Son of Quimby's. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, like, I was like, hey, I remember Queer Quimby's in Chicago, you know, and going in there, and huge-ass fucking uh, zine and uh, display and, like, comics just out the yin-yang. I remember it just mm -hmm. being, like, a gigantic place. It was a long time ago, but I guess they dropped the queer out of the name. <laughs> but that's that's what it was called at one point. It was Queer Quimby's. Oh, yeah, it can be really overwhelming, like, to see the amount of zines <laughs> yeah. places like that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. crap. I see why they changed the name for obvious reasons, but I, you know, at one point, their usage in the title, just to be fair, was just queer being weird. I mean, that's just what it used to mean. Yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> so, you know, just for the record, for anybody out there who's like, what? Queer Quimby's. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, <laughs> I want to be able to say the name of a place without being ridiculed about it. So, I, you know, I just <laughs> wanted to let you know that's why I said that. You guys can go do the look up on it. It was an amazing place. And, um, yeah, I uh, went to the one in New York with Mike Diana. And I hadn't seen Mike in a long time. It had been like 11 years. And then uh, we met up at Quimby's in New York. And it had dinner across the street and was like, let's just hang out from now on. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I'll keep your ass out of the court system. You know, I'll take the blame next time. That way I can get famous. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Tokyo right now, by the way. Really? Yeah. And uh, when he gets back, I'm letting you guys know out there right now that I get the exclusive Mike Diana versus Tokyo. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I get to get that show on, and that's going to be fucking awesome. But right now, he's getting the roll. He's getting the rolled red carpet out. People love him over there. They're having the Tokyo Perv Fest, and it's mm. just a festival dedicated to fucking perverts. <laughs> if that was going to happen anywhere, it'd be Tokyo, I guess. Tokyo loving <laughs> it, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this kind of it, I'm going to stream that conversation into what you're initially going to talk to us about here. Uh, since the icebreaker's fucking finally over with, thank fuck. But um, as far as like, uh, uh, you know, horror, female horror show uh, hosts, I'm extremely interested. I've never heard anybody fucking talk about it. And I've never, for as much nerdery as I've gotten into, sufficiently lacking in that knowledge. So I was wondering, you know, uh, could we go ahead and hear this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's get to let's get to the meat of it. Yeah, so um, I have been um, working on a a zine called Pleasant Nightmares that is about the the history of women horror hosts, Um, and I think like what really drove me to do this project. Number one was just like interest in these women who were just being so fucking like weird <laughs> on TV and, you know, my own love of, of horror movies and stuff. Um, I was like, well, how did this get started? And like, why isn't there more information about them? Yeah. Um, and like, even when you just like look up horror hosts on Wikipedia, you know, it has a list of notable hosts it's like 98% guys on there, which is fine, but like there was definitely a lot of women doing it too. Um, And I mean, in a lot of cases for just like these small local channels, the women who were doing the hosting just worked at the TV station. Like maybe they were secretaries or they worked in production or whatever. And they were like, Hey, we just got these movies. We need someone to host them to like pad out this time frame." you know, here's a cheap wig, <laughs> like, get up there. Yeah. Um, and so in some of the women, you know, maybe they don't really, they don't really want to talk about that. They're just like, ah, you know, it's just this thing I did. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, for other people, it became, you know, part of their whole life. You know, they really enjoyed it. And it seems like every single one had such a huge fandom. Like, they talk about all the letters they got, Um so it's it's surprising to me to hear like when one gets canceled only after maybe a year or something when they talk about just how much fan mail they got just pouring into the station um and people just have this uh this crazy nostalgic love uh for these hosts that they grew up with you know maybe like a little bit of that um like fear and fascination uh kind of like mixed into one as they were watching these you know spooky women um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been really cool to, to delve more into, into the history of this stuff. Cause when I was first starting, you know, I'd only really heard of Vampira and Elvira. Yeah. Um, and you know, now there's, uh, one of my favorites is this lady, um, Suzanne Waldron, who is Tarantula Ghoul. Whoa. Portland, Oregon. Really? And I mean, uh, she really... She's really awesome. That's a cool um, fucking name, too, dude. Yeah, and she also released, uh, like, a 45 record 
Um, I think it's like Tarantula Ghoul and the the Grave Diggers. And, oh no uh, shit! So it, yeah, so it's the song King Kong on one side, Yard Rock on the other side. Can so, you say it again? Uh, you broke up on that last uh, when you dropped the last title. What was it? Oh, sorry, uh, Graveyard Rock. And then what was the other one? King Kong. Um, yeah, she recorded a forty-five with two songs on there. Um, but yeah, there's no video evidence of her show left because um, most TV stations at that time just taped over things because tape was really expensive. Um, and so, I mean, even with like Vampira's show, there's only a few clips that exist from hers because they taped over them. Um, so really a lot of more of like the more recent uh hosts are the ones that have any existing video stuff left but the ones from like the 50s through the 70s honestly like you'd be lucky <laughs> to get yeah. clips of them so um, yeah and it's mostly people's like recordings you know home recordings of some of them who was the very first documented public female horror host Vampira was the first one, and she did her first show um, in 1954, um, and that was before... Okay, so hang on. Let me, let me backtrack here. So one reason that horror hosts even became a thing was because um, TV channels were able to buy a package of movies called a Shock Theater, Um and it was 52 movies uh, that were made before 1948, I think. Um, so it was just like the classic universal monster movies. So it was like The Mummy, um, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, all that stuff. Yeah, universal um, but, classic monsters. Yeah, but even that, um, that became available... Um, Oh, when was that? In like 57, I want to say, maybe 56. Okay. Um, and so when Vampira got started, like that wasn't even available yet. So what she was presenting was um, some kind of more like horror based things, but more just like mystery thriller type movies. Um and then she was basically done with her show by the time that, you know, the shock theater package was out. And that's when it kind of took off all around country because people had seen the vampire show and were like, oh, well, that's how you do that and make it marketable and make people watch it. Even though she was already like fading into obscurity immediately at that point, which is really sad. Why was that? Do you know, is that just some personal stuff? Um, yes, she had a pretty wild life. Um, and I mean, part of the reason why, like, cause she did her first show at one, uh, TV channel and then there was problems, you know, between the producers and stuff. Uh, they wanted to buy her character basically and like own it and she refused. Um, and so she ended up not working for them anymore. got picked up by another channel and then basically like the same thing happened. Um, oh, they tried to accommodate and, the, her rights to her character. Yeah. Ex-appropriate, I guess, would be the word. Yeah, and they basically, because of that, sort of had her blacklisted. Um, she was able to do some work as Vampira. Um, she did some, you know, public things up in, like, San Francisco. Um, but, you know, she didn't really do too many other, like, movie things except, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Was that why it was kind of easy for Ed Wood, not to steamroll it, but was that why it was easy for Ed Wood to, you know, kind of pick her up according to that movie? Yeah, well, he had, like, first asked her to be in the movie, and she refused because she was like, it, it was basically like Hollywood suicide, like, to work for him. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but then eventually she was just so broke and he was going to give her like 200 bucks to be in the movie. And so Holy she shit. said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oof. And, uh, <laughs> there was originally uh, lines for her to say, but she said they were so bad. She like would not say them. He's like, fine, fine, fine. You can just be silent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bella Lugosi 
And uh, George the Animal Steel, right? No, it was the guy who played George the Animal Steel on the movie. Mm. Uh, but I can't remember the guy's actual name. And I remember Drew Friedman drew him. And that was a cool-ass uh, cartoon stippling drawing of uh, of that guy. I can't remember his name. Anybody out there, you can give me a call. Talk to me about that dude. The King Kong Bundy. Right in now. Uh, yeah, right in <laughs> right now. Right in now. I'm waiting, waiting by phone. Um, but, uh, okay, so we all know... That she kind of started off. Who would who would have come out after Vampira? So um, after Vampira, um, you know, one of one of the more notable male horror hosts that came out right after her was Zachary, and he was over in Philadelphia, and he paved the way for a lot of the the hosts too, and a lot of people, you know, really look up to him as being the you know, the grandfather of, of horror hosting. Um, That's cool. And as far as, yeah. And as far as other like women go, um, yeah, the women, there was Satina um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and she was in like, you know, the mid to late fifties too. So she was like right after Vampire. Yeah. And um, Tarantula Ghoul was another one who was in the fifties. Um, and then from there, um, let's see. There's uh, a whole host of ones that were just like, uh, you know, maybe they only did the show for like a year or like a few months or something. Um, there's this one lady named uh, Evelyn, who's a uh, Ruth Spayberry. Um, huh. Let's see, out of out of Virginia, there was one called um, Hazel Witch. Uh, there was Goulda. <laughs> like, wow. There's all kinds of great names. I can't believe um, it. Yeah, and I mean, it's so interesting. Uh, once you kind of get the the list of names, you can use that as a jumping off point. You know, go on on YouTube and stuff. There's clips of a lot of them on there, um, or you know, people on Facebook sharing their pictures that they had with them, and it's it's really cool. Are you familiar with uh, Rhonda? That woman, Rhonda from uh, Night Flight, would she be considered like a horror host? Because they used to show the horror movies on Night Flight, and she was a trip, dude. Night Flight? Yeah, you might want to look at it. That was a USA up all night, and then they had Commander USA. He was the original guy, and then they changed, uh, they got rid of him and put on Rhonda. And I can't remember yeah. her last name, but her, her name was like Ron, and she was just totally smoking, but she was funny as fuck, and like totally... <laughs> You know, just keeping everybody watching these like crazy ass horror movies uh, late at mm -hmm. night. You know, because Commander USA was more like the uh, it could be any cult movie, and they would show like Strange Brew and stuff like that with the McKenzie brothers and uh, SCTV troops and shit like that. But mm -hmm. then they had uh, when they changed it up. Um, I remember she was like kind of the last, but she didn't really do any dress up. Not really. That was kind of the thing. I thought you, you know, maybe they went hand in hand. It was like, like the great Goulardi, Elvira, Vampira. They all went into kind of the first uh, cosplays, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, costuming was definitely a big thing. I think for a lot of the earlier ones, um, and again, like Vampira really set the, you know, the bar for that. And I mean, she kind of took the look of her character from. The Adams family from Morticia Adams before Morticia Adams was even named Morticia. That's right, because um, for thirty years she didn't even have a name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Which I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, seen, I'd seen those cards, <coughs> I didn't realize that she had never been named. Oh, no, crazy. I couldn't. It was the weird one too, because being a cartoonist and and then knowing about Chaz Adams not having uh, given his characters these names. But just having them overall, like, they're the Adams family. But mm -hmm. there's no name to any of them. But they said Paul Aston, the guy who actually played Gomez first on the television series, he's the one that named the character Gomez. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he because he, uh, uh, Adams, the cartoonist, he was like, well, I don't know what to name him. I just know that I'm in love with this woman, and I keep... And he kept dating women that were looking like Morticia. Mm -hmm. and he yeah, would, he was kind of a player. <laughs> yeah, he was. And, you know, he had sordid affairs with, like, 
you know, big time stars and stuff for his portfolio. But he also would like specifically look for a woman that was fitting this kind of look. Uh, and I think, you know, was really kind of seemed like he was really diehard on the look and didn't really care about the identity. And that's what I remind me of the Adams family before it might have gotten picked up. So by the time he married, uh, the, his second wife, she was the lawyer that was like, give me all the rights to it. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and she, and she took it and, and got it on TV. And that's how we know them all is because of her. Okay. There you go. Little. She was maybe a bit, a bit more business savvy than him. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but I remember like he 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 referred to her as being like a legal bulldog or something to the like. <laughs> and got her got his ass famous. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So like uh, when Myla Nurmi was first uh, like developing this character, um, she basically told the the TV stations that she wanted to like give credit to to Chaz Adams. Um, and in the end, what they did was kind of change the character design just a little bit so it didn't copy his exactly. And so then they wouldn't have to do that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, that's usually how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, uh, <laughs> go, no, I, uh, I want to ask you something on the zine making end. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got into making zines, what was that? what are the first subjects that you're doing right now or overall like kind of stayed in horror or horror pop culture, uh, to begin zine Uh, making? Yeah. I, I didn't really start making anything like more horror based until, uh, a little bit later. Like my early zines were mostly just, um, like, little maybe one page comics or um, like a few strips on one page or something. Um, And then I started just like writing my own like fictional stories um, and publishing those myself, just like, you know, chapter by chapter. Um, And so now, uh, you know, the, the bulk of my work I would say has like a spooky twist, (laughs) but isn't necessarily like solely horror um, but as far as like the, some of the other zines I make, I, I do like to make something that is, uh, somewhat informative. Um, so, you know, I've got like my fiction and my nonfiction stuff that I, that I do. All right. You, uh, do you ever do offensive, like smut comics at all? Or what kind of, what kind of stuff, what kind of material are you dealing with? Um, I, I have done some stuff like that before, um, and actually, my my buddy Aaron Lang, um, he's kind of well known for his smut. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard of him before. He, well, you can welcome him to the show if you if you want. Yeah. You know, pass it on. He's yeah. done the series uh, Trim um, and uh, a bunch of other cool work. Um, but he actually, so he and my other buddy uh, Jake Kelly. They started their own uh, press called Stone Church Press, yeah. and they're going to be the ones who are actually putting out uh, Pleasant Nightmares, like the expanded version. And they're in Cleveland. I uh, would like to talk to all these people. I just got to throw it yeah. out there, um, especially yeah, fellow Ohioans. I definitely want to talk to all people from there. Um, yeah. But uh, also, uh, okay, so... Did you ever rip off copies when you were making the zines in the old days? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Well, I will. I will admit to nothing. that's a yes. That's a yes. God, we'll be fucking back in a minute, dude. Jesus. There's been a lot of talk in Cleveland about 976 numbers and the party line, so let's set the record straight. 976-1122 is Cleveland's party line. It started here and gives us longer talk time, better quality, and lower cost. Sometimes Cleveland can be a big, cold place. 976-1122 is out to warm it up. Dial 1-976-1122, then throw away your little black book and start a brand new one. Hi, this is Heather. Pick them up and lay them down and make the money do it that way. 
WZAK, Slim Tolliver. Sours only on Sunday. A complete temperature-controlled water bed can be yours for just $86. Oh, yes, boom-boom. Do you love me with all of your heart and your soul? Oh, you know that I do. Do you think I'm the most beautiful girl in all the world? Why, of course I do. Do you think my lips are like, like rose petals? Certainly. Oh, Dwack, you say the sweetest thing. Oh, 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 Dwack. Yes, Frank? Oh, I've got some good news and some bad news. What's the good news? Uh, the good news is the guys down the studio just called up and said that Dick Mulligan is on his way back to his office. Dick Mulligan? Shabbat! Well, what's the bad news? Oh, the bad news is he's coming right behind me. What the hell are you two guys doing in my office? Oh, 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 oh. What's the matter with him? He's, a, oh, uh, he's killing the dead. He's what? Uh, uh, just watch him. All right, let me tell you something, Mulligan. I want you to start laying off my friends Frank and Drax, because if you don't, I'm going to come down on the Charlene and I need you. You got it? So who is that? Bogart, you fool. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can talk to any people who, who are dead right now. Oh, yeah? How about let me talk to John Wayne? Well, listen up and listen tight, Mulligan. I want you to lay off those honchos, Frank and Drax, or I'm going to come back down and there's going to be a big heap of trouble. Uh, yeah, well, how about Andy Rooney? You know what bothers me? Gotcha. What? Andy Rooney's not dead. Well, doggone it. Well, Sandra wants you two to have your own television show. You're going to have to get down there and sit in that studio and host that show, even if I've got to nail your feet to the floor. Nail the feet to the floor? Nail the feet to the floor. Oh, oh. Nail the uh, Greg, uh, he wouldn't do that, would he? Greg, can I borrow your steel foot boots? Well, okay. Ah. Now, get to it, you guys. Oh, well, anything for you, Mr. Morgan. No problem, oh, sir. I'm really starting to enjoy this job. Jack, <laughs> uh, what's the movie we're supposed to be showing tonight? Oh, I don't know, Frank, but my feet are killing me. Oh, well, well it could have been much worse. He could have nailed you higher. Oh, Frank, don't even joke about it. Hey, uh, maybe I could do my ventriloquist act. Oh, oh, but Frank, you, you don't have your little friend here with you tonight. Oh, no. Oh, well, you can help me. Just, just play along. Welcome to the Frank Show. Across the box of dirt for me is my special guest, Drax. Good evening, my little cadavers. Oh, I'm so proud to be associated with the fine monster of Frank. Bye. He gets better looking every day. Gee, Frank, how would you like to have all the money in my wallet? You could go to the movies, and I could stay here at the station and clean off. Somebody help me. Gee, how did I say that? You didn't. There, I did it again. Roll the movie. How am I doing that? You big dope. Oh, it's me. Much better than I I'm... Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we got her. She <laughs> was in the middle of fucking nowhere. We had to send out the middle of nowhere magnet to get her in the middle of somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now we're at here. Here we are at the end of the show. And it fucking went fast. But I'll have my mom at the end of the show. I'll be like, Mom, I just talked to the horror host chick. She's going to be like, Ah, oh, you didn't have me on there, goddammit. <laughs> is, is she a big fan? Oh, she yeah. Oh, my God. She, every, every Saturday, she'll, or she'll sit there for like three days in a row and watch like all the uh, horror networks you know just like the satellites that come on with the horror networks and shit yeah and uh me and my brother have a friend that runs the uh the blood one i can't remember what it's called dude it's like blood it's like the blood splatter i don't know what the fuck it, it's a satellite that just our friend bought and has a station on the main ca- uh little cable thing that comes with it and that's why they have the reboot, and it goes, we'll be back in like a minute, because the satellite's just rebooting imagery that's about to broadcast again, you know? Oh, okay. That's uh, kind of cool. Yeah, so you can technically rent or, like, you know, hire out a satellite to put your own shit if you got, like, enough to make a TV, um, a whole a full-time, you know, TV fucking thing. That's kind of incredible. And that kind of leads me into the, the next thing is like the, 
<clears throat> excuse me, the women uh, doing horror hosting today. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can take now um, where you can like diversify, you know, what, like how you're getting your I guess message out to the world. Um, so obviously like YouTube is pretty popular. Um, really easy to just like have the um, public domain movies that you can just host on there. And then, um, but also like Roku TV is fairly popular. Like a lot of people have. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the there. Roku thing. Yeah. That's the satellite okay. hookup. Uh, thing. Okay. So that makes sense because there's so many. Thank of, you. For... Uh, like the more. <laughs> yeah. So that was... people are using that. Yeah. My mom's uh, addicted. She'll just sit there and every Saturday Spanguli comes on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, oh my God. And you better not fuck with her when and when it's Spengoli time. And she'll <laughs> and then Spentuni, which I really love that too. I uh, yeah, Spentuni's fun. It's fun, and uh, it just takes me back to these days, like where in Ohio when I was a kid. Because I'm not sure how old you are. I didn't ask. It's not my business. But I'm 50, so in that age group, like in 78, 79, whatever, that uh was on uh, WUAB out of Cleveland, mm -hmm. and that was Superhost. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the guy, Marty, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was like uh, a host on WUAB Channel 43. You guys can go fucking look it up. But, uh, um, you know, he uh, did Superhost, and, and in that way, I had never seen someone dress like a like a bum superhero introducing, you know, fucking uh, horror movies every Saturday for, you know, fucking years, man. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I love everyone's, like, imaginative uh, costumes and stuff. Me too, you know, really, especially really when fun. it's original and it's from the heart on the person, you know. Exactly. Um, Those ones yeah, stand out. The they really do. Time tested, time tested. Yeah, and um, that leads me into uh, this other this other woman. Um, so she actually does a live show um, in Baltimore, and uh, her her stage name is Aurora Gorealis. Oh, I think I know who that is, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, she's really awesome, and she's got a really cool like costume and vibe. I mean, she's got like the big beehive hair, but she like nestles like skulls and roses and stuff in it. And um, so hers is like a really interactive one because it's live. So they still show movies, but then they do um, like raffles and they do trivia. I was like, man. I would totally love to go to her shows one day if I ever went to, to Maryland. Like, that would be so fun. Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And she she was actually one. Um, she was one of the people who granted me, like, an interview uh, for the zine. And I'm trying to do more interviews for the expanded version, too. Um, like, I was able to talk to um, Marlena Midnight and uh, Miss Misery. Let's see. Who else? Um, Oh, there's this other really cool show out of Cleveland called uh, Midnight Rental. Hmm. And um, let's see. Uh, it's It has really great production quality. And you can find their videos underneath the Found Footage Fest on YouTube. Um, and, I mean, that's just a great channel, too, because it's got, like, old commercials. And, you know, if you're just into that kind of stuff, it's really fun to look through. What was the channel name again? Uh, the Found Footage Fest or Festival. And that's the name of the channel on YouTube? Yeah. And then their specific show name is uh, Midnight Rental. Midnight Rental. Mm -hmm. Are you from the. Do you guys know the Garbage Pail Queen out of Akron? Uh uh. You know, she's like the, the queen of Garbage Pail Kid shit, just running <laughs> out of Ohio. Really? Yeah, she's Every the number one fan, man. Ohio's got it all. <laughs> they do, you know, and I've I've seen it firsthand. I remember, like, me and my brother growing up way younger there. And uh, my dad worked at the Lynn Theater in Akron for, like, I don't know, all through mid-70s into, like, about 81, 82, while he was already, like, working, making tires at General Tire when all the tire factories were open in Akron. And uh, all my family made tires, but my family was also into rock and roll. It was, it was very, like, 
uh, Light of Day, you know, with Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett. Did you remember that? Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. The brother and sister out of Cleveland that were, like, in the metal band trying to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a very underrated movie and a classic, you know. But um, also, it really picked up on a lot of the, lot of vibe, not all of it, but a lot of the vibe coming out of uh, that area, you know. My dad even went out with Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders. What? Before he married my mom, they went to Garfield High in Akron, and they were both playing rock and roll, you know, so she ended up just leaving and moving to UK. Okay. And I thought she was just like, fuck, fuck, guys like my dad, my dad probably ran around, I was like, you mean Joan Jett could have been my dad, you know, <laughs> or uh, Chrissy Hind, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you fucked it up, dude. You know. <laughs> God damn it, Dad. I know, man. What the fuck? God I, damn it. Royalties, motherfucker. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you know, I, I thought that was where I got into my cartoonery. But after I had left Ohio, that's when I started making the comics too. So it was kind of like the same pattern that it sounds like you had, where you were actually there and then kind of left to, you know, or did you start them there? Well, I, I technically started them in Ohio. Um, yeah, like my uh, my other comic, The Seeker, is like a full story. It's like a Halloween story. Um, I did finish that one in Ohio, but it was published after I'd moved out here because um, I just self-published each issue as like a separate chapter, um, but I wanted to have it all compiled into one book. Um, and so like after I'd already moved out here, I was sending it to a few different small publishers and they were like, Oh, it's finished already. Like, that's weird. I don't know if we want to publish that. Um, but then, uh, Tinto press, uh, which is run by my friend Ted and Torcio out of Denver, Colorado. He was like, yeah, let's publish it. So that was really exciting. It's my first like published work. And now the new expanded pleasant nightmares is going to be my second published work. So I'm excited. Uh that is cool. All right, your friends in Colorado, uh, can you tell us about that a little bit more, That what that's going on there? Oh, um, well, let's see. Tinto Press, um, yeah, it's it's been around for, oh gosh, how many years now? Maybe like four years? I'm going, my, my like COVID Relatively newer time company. still hasn't caught up, yeah. Um, but I first met Ted... Uh, out in Columbus, actually, for the show uh, Space, which is like the small press alternative comics yes. expo. Yes. Um, which is a great show uh, if you've ever gone to it or, you know, anyone out there ever wants to check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met him there like a long time ago. And so uh, when I'd reached out to him, he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I love your work. This is great. So that was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, do you have work available? And if so, uh, do you want to talk to, uh, people real fast here? Just take a moment and let them know how to, uh, at, uh obtain your work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I've got a few different avenues. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My, uh, name on there is Vile Comics, spelled V-I-A-L. Um, I also have a website, just lizvelasco.com, um, and I have an Etsy that's also under the name Vile Comics, um, but I would rather someone just buy comics directly from me and not through Etsy, so I don't have to get Word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cut the middleman. Just, you know, go straight to it. Yeah. I won't even yeah. do Etsy or... I thought about it at, you know, in the early... Etsy days, and then uh, I just, I don't like necessarily being part of a community if I'm getting taxed too hard. They, I, they really, it's yeah. kind of changed, I think, in the last, like, five years. You think too. it's gotten they, they better? Take, no, it's gotten worse. <laughs> I think it's gotten worse, yeah. Like, as far as, like, uh... Why? What do you think it's like? I, I, I think that uh, personally because of like the extra fees and stuff um, that they incur on people. But also um, so much of Etsy now is just like mass produced stuff from China or like 
silkscreen shirts, you know, just like these huge companies. Whereas I felt like when Etsy was first getting started, it was a lot of just regular craftspeople that were just selling their stuff on there. And now it's, um, I don't know, it's more big business, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess that would, that's usually the uh, reason, I guess, huh? <laughs> sellouts. Oh They're my just God. a bunch of sellouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, but I guess I'll just say, uh, so I... We're, we're aiming on spring of 2024 okay. for the the new Pleasant Nightmares to be out. Um, and okay. I'll be posting about it semi-regularly as we get up to that point. Um, so, yeah, if anyone is interested in picking up a copy, you know, follow me online. Get yourself a copy. Definitely appreciate you taking the time to be here today, Liz. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, very interesting. And uh, keep up the work. And uh, I'll see you on Cartoonist You Should Fucking Know page. Yeah, it's a great page. I really enjoy it a lot. You know what? I appreciate the support and compliments and, and the kind of uh, energy I've been getting out there from people. Um, I really enjoyed this one particular post that I actually just put up about the, the Larry Flint uh, thing. And yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I, that's probably... That when you put up a post that actually makes yourself cry, kind of. <coughs> I was like, "Damn, dude, that's fucking kind of cool, dude." There's yeah. like some magic in life, and uh, you know, if you're if you guys are out there and you're doing your art and you're doing this stuff, and you know, Liz is like, just you represent the best of us that are just going ahead and 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 manifesting it and bringing it into fruition to keep it rolling. And I want other people to not feel bad about doing it either and to know that you're good enough. You know, I think that's a lot of the time I have been dealing with a lot of people and I'm not trying to exploit them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you who they are or anything like that. But I will tell you this out there in Podzine land as we make this Podzine number 230 fucking two or whatever. Uh, that's what number we're on right now. Uh, that's how many episodes I've done on this thing. That's kind of weird, man. Since and I'm coming up on March, uh, March 30th, guys, and it begins year four of Adam Air MD GED <laughs> Underground Cartoon Fucking Therapy. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Hold on to line, okay? We're gonna close this motherfucker out. Uh, so can you just tell me what you were just saying one more time? So my, my day job, uh, I guess jobs, I'm an in-home caregiver and, uh, I work at an art studio for disabled adults. Um, and I've been doing that for a few years now and, um, I've, I really love the work, uh, and it's made me kind of want to consider a career in, you know, art therapy and especially helping empower people who maybe don't have a lot of um, independence yeah. in their day-to-day -day life to be able to make art and express themselves. You know, that's just some of the best stuff I'm going to hear all year. <laughs> and uh, I'm more power to you, and I encourage people out there, because if, if you have a conscious mind and your heart is open, regardless of whatever the art form is that you're working with, you're going to take a look around, and you're going to see a lot of people are hurting. Just for whatever reason, yeah. And uh, you know what? If it with a, it's time to open up the empathic. If people really want utopia, it's not going to be through construction of social avenues. It's going to be from within, and it's going to be through a, empathy. Is going to be a large part of that that we yes. just have not expressed yet. Uh. And uh, embraced, I think people are just so afraid to love each other, dude. Yeah, no, I, Dark. I totally agree. Dark. And, um, you know, uh, especially the disabled community um, for so long and even now uh, have been kind of like hidden from the public eye. Yeah. Um, I mean, before it was like literally asylums and group homes and stuff like that. Um, you know, thankfully... Uh, 
you know, asylums are a thing of the past in this country. Um, for the most part, yeah. For the, for the most part. Um, but, you know, we're trying to get more uh, different people out in the community together because a community is not just one type of person. It's all kinds of people. And, um, yeah, so that's part of the work that I do. Um, and you know what? Just to stop you right there for a second, because I'm so glad about this last segment, because we took, like, a cool show and made it fucking, you know, Pulitzer Prize worthy. <laughs> so, you know, this is what I'm wanting, you know? I want people to hear this shit. I want to hear them listen to themselves and extend themselves out to help somebody. Fucking love somebody, motherfucker. Because your art really will show it. Whatever it is that you're doing, if you put your heart into what you're doing outside the art, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the fuel for. And I don't think a lot, you know, people take that into consideration. They got money signs or all these fucking weird, you know, ambitions that you know kind of take away from the creativity process. If there's one thing I've found, it's um, having your own like unique voice and truly being interested in loving what you're writing or drawing that's what shows through and that's what's going to draw people to your artwork not you trying to emulate someone else's style not you like trying to be like snarky or funny or whatever if you're just being like purely yourself people will see that and appreciate it I'm looking forward to us both being doctors, doctor. And you know what? <laughs> it takes the really special person to see it now before the shit actually really does saturate and hit the fan, which it does seem that it's heading in that general direction as you can feel the winds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's, it will take these new doctors, the new bloods, like us. There's a new kind of doctor that's coming for a new kind of pain that's getting ready to initiate through the the consciousness of evolvement in uh, as we go into the 21st century further here the roaring 20s <laughs> you know yeah um and we're just 100 years later you know and in that way you know people may have had a totally different fashion we didn't have an ipad and fucking weren't stroking a phone in public all day but you know there was this level of communication and there was still that fact that we had to be on in front of people. We have to lie half the day in front of people because half the time we probably want to kill a motherfucker. I know I do. And I know I'm not, I know I'm not alone, you know, but it's not legal. Okay. So do legal things, go by the book, do your fucking art. If you feel like you do want to hurt somebody, put it in your art. Yeah. Talk, talk to somebody about it. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, you're not going to be like tried like people who actually do the crime first and then brag about it in their art. Okay. Don't do that. (laughs) But you can be like, yeah, I, you know, I can fictionally write fucking my revenge list shit list as it were and take out your angers and frustrations in your art. Stop taking it out on other people. Stop projecting and just project it into your art guys, please. And get on the show. Wise words. Wise words. We're going to end on those wise words. And I want to thank you again, Liz, for, you know, giving us the additional time here. And, and this was, like, probably the most vital and important part. And I, uh, I really look forward to actually seeing you out on the field in this new medical way that's coming up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Hold on the line, okay? Okay. Oh, it's time, my children, for horror scope. Periscope down. Here we go. Pisces. Your dog's rising sun is indicated by his back leg. Cancer. Don't lick food from a stranger's beard. Gemini. Beware if a man bleeding from the ears asks you to sign a banknote. <laughs> Sagittarius, watch out for visitors. June Allison will come to your house and leave a wet spot on the hassock. And finally, Leo, beware if your blind date 
has a mole the size of Ernest Borgnine. We'll be back. <laughs> What's up, Mom? How you doing out there? Well, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Well, I had a cool ass guest today, Liz Velasco. Oh yeah. Yeah, just booted her off the show. <laughs> she did. Uh, she did great though. No, it was awesome. And uh, she's into some interesting uh, investigations into uh, a female horror show hosts like Elvira and Vampira. Yeah. But she knows a bunch of them. And uh, she told me the name of a few of them, and I can't remember. But anybody who just listened to the show is probably looking it up if they gave a shit. Uh, there's, a, there's a woman called uh, Gory... Gory Bory Gory Boralis <laughs> something like that. We still got Svinguli out there. Well I know that's your jam for sure. Buddy Svintuni. Mm. I like Svintuni. Well Svintuni I feel like, you know, that was good that he created it because it probably will become an isolated thing, you know? Yeah, like Morgan's the Magnificent was here, man. That was our horror show here. That was our go-to when I was growing up. And uh, Morgan's the Magnificent. Well, I remember the great Goulardi. And there was like a... And then I worked for a... Or not for a, but a, a with Count Crazy Craig out there. That's a Glenn Danzig's a secretary in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he does a thing like that called uh, Count Crazy Craig. I don't know if he's done it anymore, but it was a thing at one point that actually Glenn Danzig was all encouraging. Wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. What was that? My uh, stiletto blade fucking opened up against my fucking uh, metal coffee tumbler. I thought it was the gong kicking me off the show. Well, I didn't want to be honest about it, but yeah, you're off. No. (laughs) (laughs) But didn't it ring like a gong? I thought it was symbolic. Yeah, it rang. It was like one of them big metal gongs, not one of the big drum ones. (laughs) So, you guys got to stop it right about there. Yeah. That's what it was saying. No, uh, everything's all right, Mom. I'm just fucking recording the last of this shit, and I just thought, hey, if I didn't ask you, you'd be probably probably upset if I didn't get you on the horror host. Yep, and I had to suggest this thing really stunk. Oh, man. It is, it's, it's playing in the background. You can't hear it, can you? Nope. Yeah. Uh, the man that wrote it, I believe, has since passed. <laughs> and I know the one behind it, Arthur Godfrey, just passed. Oh, yeah. So I figured it was fitting. Well, are you cool with a little few and a half minute fucking just little review here? Yeah. All right, let's wrap this motherfucker up, shall we? All righty. Smoke one for me, my mom. I will. I love you. Love you, too. Well, I hope you guys fucking enjoyed that show tonight, Liz Velasco. You are what I would consider a power to be reckoned with. But even this mighty tower shook to its very foundations when a bizarre, offbeat, mysterious image was first telecast just a few weeks ago. And no wonder... The image was that of KABC's internationally acclaimed glamour ghoul, Vampira. Her theme song is Meet Me Tonight in Screamland. And her impact on televiewers has been fantastic. Now, three short weeks after Vampira's first scary airing, Newsweek magazine told the nation about her Saturday night to fret together. After six weeks... Life magazine devoted three big pages of pictures and story to Vampire. And worldwide publicity in French, English, and Australian newspapers and magazines 
is now being topped by a full-page spread in the Sunday edition of the New York Daily News. And all because of this sweet, lovable little key named Vampira. Well, I hope you guys had a good time tonight. And uh, I learned a lot. I left with a creative notion, you know. Here's to the new doctors out there, too. Maybe in some regard, I would have looked at the uh, golden show, the golden age of horror show hosts, as being these kind of doctors that kids needed. All right, guys, until then, need me or Grandma Gutterpunk, want a show? Give us a call, 206-666-5847. And if there's anything left to say... Talk to you guys then. My goodness. You've been listening to Radamir MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy.